It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Hump Day to you all. This is Wednesday's edition of Locked On Cougars for October 3rd, 2018. I'm Jay Catch, your host here on the podcast, giving you insider knowledge, inside opinion, breakdowns, everything you can handle when it comes to BYU sports, and particularly football this time of year with the season ongoing. BYU enters this weekend, they're going into their sixth game of the year against Utah State, a 3-2 and record. We're going to talk about strength of schedule here in this first segment. Lay out the show for you real quick beyond that. Second segment, I had a chance to catch up with new BYU linebacker Matt Hadley. What's new is old again, I suppose, because he's now back on the defensive side of the ball after starting the year at running back. We'll talk about transitioning back across the line to playing linebacker, get his thoughts on Utah State. That'll be in the second segment. And then in the final segment will be quick hits, all the news we haven't hit on to this to that point in the show, and also some of the other updates on other teams with the BYU Athletics Department. So that's all coming up right now on Locked On Cougars. Once again, my name's Jay Catch. Thank you so much for downloading the show. Today's show is sponsored by All Guard Pest Control. Of course, the local experts when it comes to pest control. We'll tell you about those guys in a minute. Also brought to you by Vivid Seats, and we'll give you some updates on what Vivid Seats can do for you in terms of getting you tickets to the events you want to go to in a little while as well. All right, let's talk about it. We're going to be talking strength of schedule here. I saw some articles and some news come out earlier this week about strength of schedule in the month of September for college football teams nationally, and BYU featured prominently in the two rankings that I saw. Uh, One that came out was Jeff Sagarin. Of course, he works with USA Today. He does college football rankings for all of the teams in college football, and he had BYU having the fifth strongest sorry let's start over he had BYU with the fifth hardest September schedule in college football the only teams he rated who had a harder schedule were Iowa State UCLA USC and South Carolina so by that metric, BYU being 3-2 and two is pretty good. But then if you also look at Brian Fremo, he's on Twitter. He has a website called bcftoys.com where he does strength of schedule updates and everything. Brian Fermo does a lot of incredible things with numbers and advanced analytics. I'd encourage you to check out his rankings. But he actually rated BYU having the toughest the toughest schedule played to date per his FEI rankings. And that's kind of his main ranking. He rates teams, all of the teams, 1 through 130, similar to what Jeff Sagarin does. He has a different formula for how he does it, but he breaks it all down for you, but he says BYU had the toughest. So let's just conservatively say between these two rankings, and I'm sure other ones would have it similar, BYU played a top five toughest schedule in the month of September, taking on four power five teams. They beat Arizona to start the year, lost a disappointing game against Cal at home the following week, went on the road to Wisconsin and shocked the college football world with that win at Camp Randall, come home, beat McNeese, and then go out on the road once again and get manhandled at Washington. That's where they sit at three and two entering this weekend's game. I would say that 3-2 and two is about as good as would have been hoped for in the preseason. I would be hard-pressed to find a BYU fan that if we were to go back a month ago and said, would you take a 3-2 and two record, that they would say no. 
I think every BYU fan wondered what the schedule would shake out as in this first month and where BYU would stand entering the Utah State game. I'm not going to lie, for a long time there, I felt like BYU could potentially be 1-4 and four coming out of this. I kind of softened my stance on it. I figured they'd be 2-3. and three. So 3-2 three and two is ahead of schedule of where I had the Cougars coming out of September. So now as they enter this game against Utah State, it becomes critical here because you're at once you play Utah State, you're at the midpoint of your season. You've played six of your 12 regular season games, and a four and two record looks infinitely better than a three and three record. And I know you're probably saying, Well, duh, Jake, that makes sense. Like, tell us something we don't know. I'm just saying for the optics in multiple facets. Because BYU will be playing Utah State trying to avoid losing back-to-back games against the Aggies for the first time since 1973 and 1974. That is, the, that is the very beginning of Lavelle Edwards' tenure at BYU. Of course, Coach Edwards, a legend, turned the rivalry on its head. BYU has enjoyed a dominant advantage over the years against the Aggies. And like I said, haven't lost back-to-back games in 44 years to the to the to Utah State. BYU's trying to avoid that. But also, if you're four and two, you probably stay in the national conversation, at least in the terms of getting votes from AP voters. Of course, BYU dropped out of the top 25 this past week. They still received a few votes in in these polls, but if you drop to three and three, yeah, you can pretty much kiss those votes that are currently there goodbye. Four and two might garner you a couple of extra votes, but it keeps you on the radar nationally, is what I'm trying to get at. Um, We had a chance when we spoke with Kalani Satake earlier this week. He talked a little bit about the strength of schedule in September before morphing it into a discussion of the performance against Washington, where he was very succinct about how BYU played in that game. So, So here you go. Here's Kalani Satake talking about the September schedule and then looking ahead to this game Friday night and on into the future of the schedule. I mean, the first five games were tough, but I think the whole season's like that, right? We're just ready for this game, and I'm glad that we are home and get to have this game at home. But I think that was a really good learning experience for us to go up to Washington and play in that type of environment, and we'll see them next year. So it would be another defining moment for us to see how much improvement we can make from one year to the next. They played their best game, and we played our worst. That was the result. And so it would have just been nice to see how our best game would have compared to their best, you know. But we missed that opportunity. Now we need to make sure that our best game is on Friday against Utah State. There you go, BYU head coach Kalani Satake talking about that schedule. And he says, yeah, we frankly we played our worst game and Washington played our best played their best game against us. He said he wanted to see his team's best go against Washington's best and see where they stacked up. But as he acknowledges, they'll get Washington at home next year and hopefully it'll be a better game. BYU can show a little bit more. And they should. They'll be at home in that game. And It'll be interesting, but he does mention that he wants to see the best performance of the season this Friday night against Utah State. Like I mentioned previously, getting to 4-2 and two is a completely different outlook at the midway point than a 3-3 three and three record. As I've said all along, the, the goal entering the season was for BYU to reach bowl eligibility. If you make it to the halfway mark with four of the six required wins to go bowling, 
man, you're playing with house money at that point, and eight and four is a very potential schedule at that point. You drop to three and three, then six and six is back in play. So those are kind of the thoughts I had when it came to strength of schedule. BYU played a very strong schedule. You saw, as I mentioned, the two metrics. Jeff Sagarin, who's a very well-respected journalist and prognosticator with his rankings, like I said, it's, it's it's in USA Today, so he he has a national voice. And Brian Fromo is not a guy that also is not ignored by people. He has BYU number one in terms of toughest schedule played to date. And then, as we acknowledge, Jeff Sagarin had them in the top five with four other Power Five teams. So BYU played a very tough schedule. It'll be a similar out put in terms of the schedule every September. As long as BYU isn't independent, they're going to play these tougher games on the front end of the schedule before teams get into conference play. BYU loads up on the back end with some Mountain West teams. Normally, the FCS game is later in the season as well. This year, it was a little earlier with McNeese. But BYU, if they continue to roll out plus um, 500 or better records in that first month, that's actually going to keep them in the national conversation. You go undefeated against such a, a such a schedule, and then you're really then you're really in the conversation. That's New Year's Six Bowl talk, potentially college football playoff talk. If you're undefeated, that seems like a stretch for BYU in the near term in terms of trying to get recruiting to that level, and maybe maybe BYU never gets to that level. I have my doubts that they could recruit at a level that a let's say Clemson or an Alabama is recruiting at just with the inherent um, issues BYU deals with having the honor code etc and the high academic standards but BYU is building towards that that's the goal each and every year and I say have those goals the program should have those goals and should strive to accomplish them but also needs to be realistic when it comes to if we get out of these first month of the season with a two and two, a three and two, a three and one record, we're on schedule. We're doing pretty well. You're zero and four, one and three, one and four. That's a bigger issue. So there you go. Some talk about the BYU strength of schedule, but I do think BYU has fared extremely well to this point. But this game on Friday night against Utah State is critical for the perception of the season to this point and also looking forward. All right, we'll take a timeout here. We'll come back. We'll talk with BYU linebacker Matt Hadley. That's coming up next. Before we do that, though, I do need to talk to you about today's sponsor of the show. Of course, that is All Guard Utah. Seth Baird and his team take care of each and every pest issue you might have. They service all of Utah County, Salt Lake County. They'll go up into Wasatch County, Davis County. Essentially, anywhere here along the Wasatch Front you need them, they'll come take care of you. It doesn't matter how big or little the problem is they're out here to help you figure out figure out what they can do to help you out and make sure these pest control issues don't come back one of the best things I like about Seth's company and one thing he prides himself on is he doesn't deal with contracts. You want a one-time service, it's a one-time service. He will come out, take care of you, and then you're done at that point. If you want a quarterly service where they come back regularly and deal with whatever the bugs, the season the, those bugs are coming out, this time of year it would be mice and spiders moving inside your home. They come out on a quarterly basis and take care of you if you want that peace of mind. Check them out. You can give them a call. Call 801-851-1812. 
Seth and his team, they're dedicated customer service. You go on their Google reviews. It's all five stars. They are dedicated to their customers. Check them out. Once again, All Guard Pest Control, 801-851-1812. More coming next. Matt Hadley joins us. That'll be next right here on Locked On Cougars. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Welcome back to Locked On Cougars. I'm Jay Catch, your host here on the podcast. Wednesday edition of the show. Had a chance to catch up with Matt Hadley yesterday. Talked to him a little bit about his move back over to linebacker. Previously had played linebacker. He's flirted with playing running back in the past, but this year it seemingly had made the move full-time to playing running back. But now he's back on the defensive side of the ball. Kalani Satake talked earlier this week about why they made that move. So we'll get to Kalani Satake's comments about Hadley's move first, and then we'll play the interview with Hadley himself. So here's Kalani Satake explaining what Hadley brings to the defensive side of the ball and if there's any chance of him potentially moving back over to running back at some point? Um, I think he'll probably be more defensive than offense. I know that they can use him on offense if they need him, but we have a need for him and, and his experience on the defensive side. And he's a good playmaker, so it's just I think he'll get more plays on the defensive side than he has been with the offense. We just saw that as a, a move that will benefit him more than anything and just like to get our best guys on the field somehow. There you go, Kalani Satake talking about Matt Hadley. And I I agree with them. Matt Hadley is too good of a football player to be kept on the bench having to play behind Lopini Katoa and Squally Canada and Riley Burt running back. When BYU has dealt with linebacker injuries and depth issues there, he can move over and play linebacker because he knows the position fairly well. And it's it's a seamless transition. I watched rewatched the film on from the Washington game, which is the first game that Hadley had played. He did look rusty. Ed Lamb said on the coordinator's corner that you heard on BYU radio on Monday that he was rusty. He was still trying to get back into the swing of things. But I thought that he played relatively well considering he'd been playing running back full time up to that point. And as you guys heard me say last week on the podcast, I saw Hadley in a defensive jersey. So I assumed a switch was coming. I just didn't realize it was going to be that quick. But you heard Kalani Satake say, we want our best guys on the field, and Matt Hadley is a guy that BYU needs to play football. So looks like he'll be on the defensive side full-time. I had a chance to catch up with him yesterday. First question out was about if... um, about his move over to linebacker. We also talked a little bit about if what Coach Satake said about him potentially moving back over to running back is something he had heard about. You also hear him talk about the Utah State game on Friday night. So here it is, Matt Hadley with myself yesterday after practice. Here with Matt Hadley. Matt, first things first, how's it feel to be back on the other side of the ball? Uh, it feels good. Um, you know, I love playing offense, uh, love the coaches, love my time there. Um, but it, it feels good being back on defense and running around and, and being able to smack people. Should we call you the utility man, though? Because Kalani says they can still use you on offense if they need it. 
Oh, um, yeah, that, that's, I mean, you don't need to call me the utility man, but, uh, no, yeah, they, that's, that's, if that's what Coach Satake, you know, feels like we should do, then, yeah, I think that's what we'll end up doing it, if, if the need arises. Is it more run support for your side than playing at that bow spot because it's more boundary, or does it really matter? Go either way. Either way. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, just either way, um, depending on – it depends on what the, the offense of the other team likes to do, right? If they like to run to the boundary, yeah. Then, then, yeah, you got to show up. If they like to run more to the field, then, you know, if they're quarterback, if they do any read option type stuff, then, you know, you got to be aware of, of that. But um, it really just depends on, on the offense. What's it like playing next to Butch? Uh, I mean, it's awesome. Butch is a he's a great player. He's very smart. Um, you know, he's strong. He's he's a great leader. It's uh, it's pretty easy to see. You know, just being out there, um, just kind of hearing him bark at everybody, telling him what to do. Um, it's it's awesome to have a guy like that out on the field. And yeah, I love playing with Butch in-state game this week i know you're from washington so it was kind of going home for you last week but how much do you guys get up for these in-state games these rivalry games oh i mean we get up for these games as much as any game we would get up for i mean these are these are big games right like uh i think every every college uh would tell you the same thing right you know these in-state rivalries are a huge deal and um you know utah state's a great team and uh you know, this will be a big game, a good game for us, a good game for them, and uh, yeah. You guys haven't faced really an offense that goes as fast as Utah State since maybe since that Arizona game in the season opener. Are you guys prepared to face another one of those no huddle up tempo attacks? Yeah, we are. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I, I think we have the guys that are that are smart enough and and you know and know their know their assignments well enough to be able to line up quickly and and you know I. I feel like we're in good enough shape. I hope so. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Um, going back to the Washington game, what about Washington was so different? It seemed like it was the one ab- abnormal performance for you guys outside of the other four games this, so far this year. Yeah, um, you know, good question. I think we just, uh, you know, we kind of beat ourselves up. I mean, granted, Washington is a really good team. Um, I think, though, that we it, nothing. We didn't do anything to really help ourselves, and uh, sometimes that, unfortunately, that just happens. You know, it's that's not a really good answer, I guess. But it, sometimes you just you shoot yourself in the foot one too many times during a game, and and you can't do that against a team like Washington. You know, they're too fast, too athletic, and uh, you know, all sides of the ball, all three special teams, offense and defense. We just we didn't we didn't execute like we should have. So is it almost a snowball effect? Like thing you make one mistake and just kind of piles on at that point. You know, at times it okay. can be. Yeah, it's not always the case, but at times I, I don't know if that was the case necessarily against Washington. I, I think maybe I just like I said. I think we just didn't execute. You know, and I think that's just the biggest thing, and that's that's one of our biggest focuses this week. And you're ready for Utah State is. You know we got to be able to execute because, like I said, they're a great team, and and we know that we understand that. And if we all do our one eleventh, trust each other, you know, trust everybody around us, then execution is is so much easier, really. 
All right, two questions left from me. First yeah. one is uh, Kalani said hopes that Diane and both Zane can get back on the field this week. How important would it be have either one or both of those guys back against Utah State? Uh, you know, I mean, it, it would be important because they're both great leaders and they're both great football players and uh, they're, they're both big-time playmakers. And, you know, combined they probably have, I don't know, a dozen interceptions throughout their career. So they're – they're just they're ball hawks and, and they're great players and um, but you know we're all confident in, in whoever's up next right but but we you know yeah we'd love to have them okay you're from a small town in Washington I've been asking most guys I've been doing these interviews with if we took me back to your hometown where do you take me to eat oh boy well we put in a subway that's the first <laughs> fast food uh, restaurant <laughs> We put that in, I think, my senior year of high school. Okay. Um, you know, there's a lot of great so places. So are we going to the Hadley House then? That's what I'm going to say. Okay. You know, we have, we've got some great local diners and some pretty awesome local restaurants, but, uh, you know, nothing beats my mom's cooking. So, yeah, we'd have to just head out to the farm and uh, and eat out at my place. Okay, what's Mama Hadley's, like, best recipe in your opinion? Oh, boy, I don't know if I could choose, honestly. Okay. I... I and I'm not just saying yeah, that yeah. because she's my mom. I'm really saying it because I don't think I could choose. She's uh, She pretty much does everything okay. perfectly. So, awesome. yeah. Well, thanks so much, Matt. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you. There you go, Matt Hadley. He would take you to the Hadley homestead. Of course, they wrangle cattle. His older brother Spencer and him, they are country strong simply because they had to wrangle cattle from a very young age. And they're young men that, man, Matt Hadley looks bulked up. I know he put on some weight to play the running back position, but he looks like he's in fantastic shape. I think him not playing as much early in this early on this season against those Power 5 teams may have saved his body some wear and tear like we're seeing with a Zane Anderson and Diane Gunwoloku who have been injured. Matt Hadley may be able to be fresher deeper into this season because he hasn't played as much. We'll see, but you can tell that he's excited for this game against Utah State. He said we beat ourselves, we struggled against Washington, but we are we do get up for this game against the Aggies and I think he echoes a lot of his teammates sentiments. So Good to talk to Matt Hadley. Appreciate him taking the time to speak with me. Tomorrow we'll be playing an interview from James Empey, the center for the BYU offensive line. Get his thoughts on the play of the offensive line to this point. Also get his thoughts as a kid that grew up in-state about taking on Utah State on Friday. That'll be on tomorrow's show. All right, before we go, need to talk to you guys about another sponsor on the show today. And of course, that is Vivid Seats. It's an online ticket event marketplace that's dedicated to providing fans of live entertainment with experiences that last a lifetime. Listeners can watch your favorite teams and artists perform in person with Vivid Seats. They help you find the seats to any of the live events you want to go to. Sports, concerts, theater, and more. Check it out. Vivid Seats is offering a great deal to first-time buyers on Vivid Seats by using the promo code Locked On. You receive $20 off your first order of $200 or more as a first-time customer of Vivid Seats. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Enter that promo code Locked On to receive $20 off your order of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. All Vivid Seats confirmed orders are backed by their 100% guarantee. Check it out, guys. That's Vivid Seats using the promo code Locked On. Quick Hits is next. All the news we haven't gotten to on today's show. That's next right here on Locked On Cougars. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. 
Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. are locked on Cougars. I'm Jay Catch, your host here. As we wrap up the show today, going through quick hits, the news that we haven't touched on regarding the football program and the other teams that reside in Provo as members of BYU's athletics department. Let's start off with the men's volleyball team. Head coach Sean Olmstead announced yesterday the hiring of former Cougar Devin Young as an assistant coach. He played middle blocker from the for the Cougars in 2008 before going on an LDS mission and returning to play from 2000 2011 to 2014. Uh, he played on two uh, MPSF regular season and tournament championship teams in 2013 and 2014. He also played in the NCAA tournament and advanced to the national championship match when he when Young was a junior. Devin Young says he's very excited for the opportunity. He says, quote, I'm grateful for this amazing opportunity. He said, thank you to Sean Olmstead, Brian Santiago, Tom Homo, and Vice President Match Richardson for the chance to be back at BYU. Some of my greatest memories are from playing in the Smith Fieldhouse in front of our amazing fans. I'm excited to be back in the gym and work. will work hard to maintain the high standard of excellence that everyone before me has built. The BYU men's volleyball team does have a rich tradition and history. The next step for them is to get back to the pinnacle and win the national championship. Too many close ca- calls in the last decade. BYU needs to win a national championship and maybe Devin Young's the answer to that. Best of luck to him and to Sean Olmstead and the men's volleyball team. On to the women's cross country team. They have cracked the top 10 nationally with a number nine national ranking after winning the Notre Dame Invitational a week ago. The men's team remains, remains ranked number two in the country. So two top 10 teams when it comes to cross country. Both teams looking very strong early this season. Hopefully they can continue to carry on and build towards challenging for a national championship. The men's team in particular definitely should be in the mix for that. On to men's golf here. BYU was back in action early this week. They took second place as a team at the Nick Watney Invitational in Madera, California. Carson Lundell actually took second individually himself to lead BYU. He shot a 65, seven under in the final round of to pass his teammate Brett Rasmussen who finished third to take sole possession of second place another fantastic showing for the BYU men's golf team they have won the, they won their first tournament of the year last week and they've finished second here they'll be back in action later this week when they head to Al- Vestiva Hills Alabama next where they compete in the Jerry Pate Intercollegiate on October 8th and 9th. I guess that's early next week. My apologies. But you can find all the news and notes you need to find for the men's golf team at BYUCougars.com. All right, two last things for you here. Men's tennis team participating at the ITA All-American Tournament. Sean Hill and Jeffrey Shue advance and will compete in the main draw of the doubles part of that tournament after advancing out of the qualification phase. phase. They actually beat the University of Texas in their last qualifying match to make it. So congrats to Sean Hill and Jeffrey Shue. Best of luck with the rest of the tournament, which continues on throughout the rest of the week. If you want updates on this, go to BYU 
BYUCougars.com. They'll have live stats for you there. And then finally, BYU quarterback Tanner Mangum. Uh, the COSIDA, the College Sports Information Directors of America, in, a, in conjunction with the Associated Press and the Fiesta Bowl organization, they have selected BYU quarterback Tanner Mangum as one of this week's three college football nominees for the Mayo Clinic Comeback Player of the Year Award. That's a mouthful. Essentially, this is an award that's handed out to athletes that, who inspire because they have overcome injury, illness, or other challenges, and one will win the ultimate award, which is the Mayo Clinic Comeback Player of the Year. At 30 nominees will be eligible for that award, so it's a big honor for Tanner Mangum, who battled back from that well-chronicled, torn Achilles tendon last season. He has started. He's overcome all kinds of challenges. He's, he's also talked about his struggles with mental health, depression, and anxiety. In addition to the physical challenges of that torn Achilles, Mangum deserves respect for what he's battled through as a Cougar, and I hope that he's able to finish out the season and can walk away from BYU with a measure of satisfaction about what he has accomplished. He's done a lot, and he's been through a lot, and he's never spoken ill or otherwise about anything he's gone through. He just kind of he faces it head on. He smiles. He addresses the media extremely well. So my hat's off to Tanner Mangum. I think this is a well-deserved nomination. Hopefully he makes it as one of the 30 nominees that make it to that final round. And we'll see how he how he fares the rest of the throughout the rest of this competition. But cool to see him nominated. All right, that's the show for today. A reminder to check out today's sponsor. That is all. Guard Pest Control based right here in Utah. Seth Baird and his team will take care of you. They want to make sure that any and all pest issues that you have are taken care of. Call All Guard Pest Control at 801-851-1812. Once again, 801-851-1812. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Cougars. You can follow my personal Twitter feed where I give you plenty of updates as well at Jacob C. Hatch. Search out the show on Facebook, Locked On Cougars there, building a community. You can have some more interaction going forward there. And of course, if you are interested in advertising or asking questions, you can always reach out via email. Email us at lockedonbyu at gmail.com. Thanks again for downloading the show. We'll see you tomorrow. This has been Locked On Cougars for October 3rd, 2018. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad- Free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.